You may be seated. I won't be long. I'm going to be very quick, as a matter of fact. I want to really give you an invitation. That's really what I'm up here to do. This is pretty much the end of our service. I'm not going to preach a long sermon or try to wow you with a lot of theological fanfare, although I could do that. I, I want to encourage you to leave here today and, and not miss out on what we just sang. Not miss out on the best part of Christmas. You know, all of this, everything that we just saw, the, the Bible story we just read, all of the things we just looked at, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, it summarizes, it says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The prophet was Isaiah. And so Matthew here, the writer of this gospel, quotes Isaiah, which says, Behold, the virgin, which we talked about last week and the importance of that, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name. Now everybody say his name. Say Emmanuel. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated or which means God with us. God with us. It wasn't just another baby born. You know, it's exciting. I've had three children and I, I remember vividly all three of them. And of course, I wasn't the one birthing the children, praise God. But I remember being there, and I can only imagine what my, my wife was going through and what was going through her head and all the thoughts and all the emotions and all the feelings of, of the nine months. The nine months it took to get there. I mean, I was excited, but I know she was beyond excited. Because that, that being that was inside of her now was going to be with us. And we were going to take them home. And we were going to raise them. We're going to love them and they're going to love us. And you think about that for nine months. You, you think about what that's going to be like. I remember, I, I, I cannot forget the first child, Kaylee, who she was singing on the stage today. She's about to turn six, almost six years ago. I remember I stayed up late. My wife had gone to bed. I stayed up. It was, I'm, I'm a night owl, so it was like 2 a.m. I hadn't gone to bed yet, which is not abnormal for me. And uh, not as much now that I have kids, but definitely back then. Anyways, my wife wakes up, goes to the bathroom, and all of a sudden she comes running out. My water broke. I had just laid down. I know, man, my night's just getting started. We hopped in the car. My, her mother-in-law was staying with us at the time. Praise God, she happened to be there for Christmas. And so we, we, uh, we, we wake her up and tell her, right, we'll see you at the hospital. Baby's on the way. And we jump in the car and we drive. I, I, I can't forget it. I'll never forget it. I can only imagine what it was like for Mary, though. Because for her, it wasn't just nine months. For thousands of years, they had prophesied had declared, had told story after story, and had prepared for the coming Messiah. And then an angel visits her and says, hey, he's in your belly. And for nine months, she knows, I'm not just carrying a baby, I'm carrying the baby. I'm carrying the one, I'm carrying God with us. 
that term God with us is significant, significant because it's not just with us. Like I'm saying, Kaylee, Madison, and Joshua, they're now with me. They're with my wife. They're with us. And that's great. But they're humans with us. Jesus was God with us. He's what we call the theologians. I thought I told you I was going to give you a theological fanfare, but this is a cool term. Hypostatic union. Hypostatic union. What that means is, is that he's fully God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. Look at this in Colossians 1.15. It says, he, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The God you cannot see, he's the image. In the Amplified, it says, he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. Man, that's good. In Hebrews 1, 3, he is the sole expression of the glory of God. Jesus, he's the sole expression of the glory of God, the glory of God, the light being, the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint. People say that about my children. They'll say, oh, he looks like you. And then the next person will look at my wife and say, oh, he looks just like you. Some, I mean, Joshua, they can't decide whether he looks like me or looks like Natalie. It's mixed reviews. But Jesus, there was no question. He may have resembled Mary and Joseph. I don't know which one he looked more like, but he was the exact imprint, the perfect resemblance, the exact replica only in human form of God. Of God. Listen, listen to this verse. In John 14, 9, it said, Jesus said to them, Have I been with you so long, and yet you don't know me, Philip? He was talking to Philip. He said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. When you read about Jesus, this is why I'm telling you, don't miss Jesus this Christmas because he's not just the little baby in the manger. That was just day one. He's not the toddler that the wise men came and brought the gifts to. He's not just that. Those are significant significant moments. But he is God with us. Here's what I want you to, to grasp today and don't leave here without a full understanding of this. You get to choose whether he's with you or not. He's available to us, but for him to be God with me, the Bible gives me clear instructions in Romans. I have to believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what I have to do. Look at this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, Christ Jesus, look, he in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So everybody say this, Jesus was already in the form of God. This coincides with John chapter 1. John chapter 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, Jesus. The Word was God, and the Word was with God. Then it goes on to say, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But notice how it words it here in Philippians. I love this. So, Jesus made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant, and he came in the likeness of men. Now, Verse 6 in the ESV says this, Who, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he didn't have to, he was not 
having to stay in the form of God, but he emptied himself. But he emptied himself. Think about that. He emptied himself. He was in the form of God and he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. If you had a pitcher of water and a glass, and you took the pitcher of water, and the glass is empty, and you poured the water into the glass, what do you have in the glass? He emptied himself into himself in the likeness of man. Fully God and fully man. Now, I don't have time to break down everything of why that happened. I did a lot last week of covering this, and I encourage you to go listen to that message. Jesus did this. God did this. God sent his son Jesus because we needed someone to take the sacrifice for us. As pastor said, my, that was my pastor in the video, by the way, Pastor Steve. As he said, he said, listen, we're, we're all, we all are born in sin, but we needed the sacrifice. So we needed Jesus to die for us. Jesus said of himself, I'm the light of the world. In John 8, 12. In John 6, he said, I am the bread of life. You can choose whether you want that bread or you just want to keep eating the stale bread you've been eating. He's the good shepherd in John 10, 11. You can follow whatever you want to follow. You can follow whoever you want to follow on Twitter. You can follow whoever you want to on Instagram. You can Snapchat whoever you want to Snapchat. You can TikTok, whatever kind of dance you want to do. But the one you need to follow is the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Good, not bad. He's good. He leads us beside still waters to green pastures. He's good. He's not bad. He's good. Remember, if we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. He's good. Everybody say that. Say he's good. If you're sitting here today and you think God divorced you, caused your divorce, I'm here to tell you he did not. John 10.10 10 tells us the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. James tells us that, that uh, uh, God being good, every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father above who does not change. God is good. He did not cause calamity in your life. He did not cause destruction in your life. I'm not sure why it happened, but it happened one of three things. The world the devil or your own flesh. And I'm the first to tell you there are things in my life I know it was me. I shouldn't have done it. I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have handled it that way. I should have prayed before I did that. I should have sought the Lord. I should have slowed down. I should have sped up. But here's what's great. All the mistakes we've made when Jesus came to be with us for God so loved all of that mess that he gave Jesus to die for our mess. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Before you leave here today, I want you to have that in your life. And I don't want you to be like one of these three people. These are the people that missed Christmas. These are the people that went through and didn't realize that Jesus, they, 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 they had Christmas. What I meant to say is they missed Jesus in Christmas. They missed the Christ in Christmas. You know, the innkeeper, he missed Jesus. I mean, if he knew the Messiah was coming in, the inn was full. Business was good. Registers were ringing. 
Business was booming. And Jesus had no room in the inn. If the innkeeper had known, I'm sure he'd have said, hey, you, hey, uh, room 3A, you got to go. I got, no, I got a king coming in here. A king's being born today. I got to have the best room for him. Don't leave that nasty stuff in here. Get, get your mess out of the room. He needs that room. But no, he missed it. King Herod, when the, when the wise men came to King Herod, they said, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. He said, what? I'm the king. See, that's some of us. I, we're, we're the king of our own life. I'm the king. I don't need... I got this. I got, I got this. I don't... I don't. He went so far as to kill every toddler born son to make sure that Jesus died and God saved him by sending Jesus out of the country. Herod missed it. He missed it. He missed Jesus. He missed the moment that, that he wasn't trying to take your throne. He wasn't trying to take... No, no. He wants to give you life. See, I quoted John 10.10, 10, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what the rest says? Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And then there were the religious people. Because Herod said, hey, after the wise men, he, he, he sent them away and he, came, he pulled the religious people. He, he pulled the Bible scholars, the people that knew the word. He said, hey, uh, can you tell me, can you tell me what, uh, where, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? And they quoted Micah. They knew, hey, Bethlehem. But yet they didn't go. No record of them going. No record of them bringing gifts. No record of them. I mean, think about the wise men. It took them, they say, about two years, somewhere between a year and a half to two years to make the journey. He was already a toddler, walking around, talking, babbling, running, playing. And they brought the gifts. It says they, they didn't bring them to a baby. I know we see the nativity scenes with the wise men, but actually they, he said they brought it to the boy. He was a little boy. It was worth their trip. Yet, the religious people said, they knew, the, they knew the scriptures and they didn't go. Don't, don't miss Christ this Christmas. Let God be with you. Let God be with you. Make a, make a moment. Now listen, if you're in this room today and you're saved and you, you feel like, okay, I, I know I have a good relationship with God, then, then great. Take this season and be a light to someone else. Share Jesus with someone else. But if you're in this room today and you, you know of Jesus, you know of the scriptures, you know of the King, but you're missing him with you, this is your moment. I'm going to lead you in that prayer that we just talked about. Romans 8, or Romans, it says this. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe that he died, that he, believe that he lived, obviously, then that he died and that he rose from the grave. See, Jesus and the manger is the beginning of the story. But that's not where the story ends. 
It doesn't end on the cross either. It's not where the story ends. It doesn't end in the grave. He rose from the grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave so that you can have life. God sent him so that he would be with you. And so to experience that life, you need to accept him. Everybody stand on your feet.